Welcome to this episode of the Faith in Manchester podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Clark. I'm the pastor at Trinity Baptist Church in Gorton, and I'm also the news editor of Faith in Manchester. If you haven't heard of Faith in Manchester before, we're a a regional news site uh, and social media presence, just showcasing the best of what's going on in the churches and Christian ministries across Greater Manchester, showing that the Christian faith is alive and well in our region, and talking to some people about what they do and how faith matters to them. You can find us at faithinmanchester.org, that's our main home, our website, but also on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we're a little bit on Instagram and coming soon to other social media sites as well. And of course, we have our Faith in Manchester podcast, which you can find at Anchor Podcasts or on our website or on many other podcast providers. Today's guest on this episode of the Faith in Manchester podcast is professional comedian Tony Vino, who's based in Manchester. I caught up with him at a conference of Baptist ministers and uh, talked to him about faith and comedy and football and calling and, well, lots of other things, as you're about to find out. So here he is. This is Tony Vino. Tony Vino, good to speak to you. It's good to be Thank here. You Thank you, Wayne. For, for being on the Faith in Manchester podcast. You're now resident in Manchester. It's been your home for a long time now. I have been in Manchester for 12 years now. I've been married 12 years, and uh, I was originally before that living in Leeds, and my wife was in Manchester. And then, um, obviously, when we got together, we thought about where we lived, and then we compromised, and, well, we ended up in Manchester, <laughs> her choice. So, um, uh, originally, we were in uh, Moss Side. Uh, on Raby Street, so brilliant, vibrant community. And then for six years now, we've been in Old Trafford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, again, a great community. I just think, like, how diverse... If you come to the centre of of Old Trafford, like, there's a street called Ayers Road that goes through it. Yeah. And you just look at... like, And it's a wonderfully cohesive, dynamic community. People from all over the world, huge... Caribbean population, uh, there's a Pakistan, a huge Pakistani population, huge Eastern European population, there's people from all over the world, and it's this melding pot, and you just think, wow, but the, the actual area is so wonderful, anything we put on, like I get involved with lots of sort of local projects and all that, it's stacked with people, and, and it's, so, it's so vibrant, so, you know, I just thought, in terms of, say, where... Uh, our society is going as a multicultural society you look at sort of old trafford it's one of those kind of microcosms where you go well this is how it could this is how it could work out yeah yeah and you appreciate that diversity of the city and 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 being right in the middle of things hey you know i mean i'm from originally from preston and uh uh, just on one level i appreciate the food you know (laughs) (laughs) Like, like actually and we've got Around the corner, we've got Middle Eastern falafel. We've got a brilliant, like, Polish eatery. We've got loads of curry houses. It's great. It tastes uh, great, but it also brings a sort of flavour to life as well. <laughs> Has being in Old Trafford affected your uh, allegiances <clears throat> in the football as well? Do you know, <laughs> do you know what? I have... Um, uh, just stayed apart from that. right, and and, and the, the thing is though, it has affected my life though because as a travelling comedian, like I'll I'll set off for a gig. Normally, you know, you look at Google Maps and you'll set off and you go, I've got an hour to get there or two hours to get there. But every so I don't because I don't follow the football. 
I'll sometimes just be sat in gridlock traffic yeah. and it's a Man United game on. And I kind of feel like I shouldn't be in this. I'm not actually part of this. So, but my little boy is, um, little boy Jojo is nine now. And, um, he has succumbed to the Man United uh, kind of tractor beam, and so he he's got the full kit. He's got Pogba written on the back of a shirt. He's all that. He's, he's, he can't get enough of it. So so uh, I'm kind of vicariously yeah. a Man United fan, I suppose. <laughs> Except for the traffic. Except yeah, exactly. If I could get a, a season pass out of the traffic, that would be that would be fine. There's also they do um, these uh, community uh, days at Old Trafford where. You can get in and watch a game for free. People, this little-known thing where the youth squad uh, play, and it happens at Lee Sports Club as well as at Man United at the at the Old Trafford ground. It happens, I think it's once a month, but you go on the website and you can find it. And it's it's the full effect, you know, that you're in the stadium, but it's totally free. And they just open it up, to, and, and, and you actually get the players from the first team playing it as well. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real kind of blessing to be there. What I want is you to give the impression that you've made absolutely no efforts <laughs> at all. <laughs> so my, look, look at that. That does not speak of showbiz, right? A <laughs> couple of empty bottles, some in-books, some... That mic's in weird directions. <laughs> you've literally made no efforts. Look at this. This is the least showbiz I've, I've ever seen. As well as um, moving to Manchester, that was a big change in your life. You gave up uh, must, what must have been quite a lucrative and, 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 and prestigious career as a, as a solicitor well, in order to go into the mad world of full-time comedy. How, how did that come about? You know, it's a funny one. Becoming a comedian is um, its not a, a, a career path, per se. <laughs> and even today, I, I sometimes kind of pinch myself and go, right, OK. Because you, you're always effectively unemployed all yeah. the time yeah. until your next gig and, and the beginning you know say at the beginning of this year you start to look at how the diary then gets booked out but you know all oh, crack there's some you know quiet patches then but you know it, it comes in you know by the grace of god there's enough work i've always had the the daily bread so to speak and um yeah it kind of just happened organically it was in 2005 i was over in leeds and friends started a comedy club and he asked me to compare it. And at that time, I wasn't even working in law at that time. I, was, I had a little uh, media company at the time. And I had like employees and I'd started my own business. And then I, start, I did this night and it just struck me. And I just was like, wow, the reciprocity of the, the moment where you tell a joke and there's an immediate response and that connection with the audience. And, and, and you know, you have moments in life. Um, and this is Faith in Manchester podcast. I suppose, you know, you have a moment of faith, a mm. moment of providence where you go, ah, something makes sense. And my life before, I was like, I've been made for this moment. And it was a real moment of uh, destiny as well. That was the same night. It was the 18th of May, 2005. And, mm. the, f- and the first night that I met my wife as well. She was there that night. She'd come over from Manchester to, to, to the gig and we met. And, you know, it was a real turning point. Eventually, you, 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 you do as many gigs as you can. And then you start getting better. And then you start getting paid. And, um, and there's a moment where you have to kind of jump ship and go, okay, this is what I do now. And, and yes, it was a financial step down. If I think it's a weird one, I'm now 40. I think I probably earned the most money when I was in my 
mid twenties, but you know, in the end, you don't do this for money. You do it for a sense of vocation and 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 um, and there's the old saying, isn't it? You find something you love to do, and you will never work a day in your life. Mm. I'd pay to do it myself. I, you know, I love, I love. Uh, just traveling around i love meeting new people i love creating it's like creating an ice sculpture you go somewhere and every gig's different and every mm. moment is different and you don't know what you're going to expect so i'm um, yeah, i'm very very blessed by it yeah you clearly love it but you also use that word vocation do you feel that it's a calling from god to do this wow <clears throat> yeah I, I i yes vocation in that i, I think i i'm you know my my history and there's been providence and guidance to bring us to this point true calling is for our souls to dwell in god mm. and for us to find our identity and share the the hope that has been given to us and and the, the there's a great quote by richard Rohr which says you know the, the the point of life is to humbly and proudly to give back that that which we've already been given so for me that is the essential calling that is the essential vocation I think God doesn't really mind <laughs> as, as much whether I do uh, hairdressing, accountancy or, or comedy. But, you know, it says in the Bible, is it whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father. So that is what I do. And I'm so thankful. But I don't think any vocation or any job has any inherent value over another. You know, you can do you can change tires on a car with faith and with you know a sense of calling and with a sense of humility before god and and often before god which i think is more powerful than if you are prime minister or you know head in a ceo of a company i think god values the heart rather than you know the the outside stuff Mm. but that being said yes i think it is a vocation (laughs) that's very deep i appreciate that answer thank you what i like about you is that you don't need your own pa system (laughs) (laughs) that's his version of brian blessed (laughs) now i know a lot of people would ask you as a comedian what what restrictions are there on you as a a Christian who's a comedian. I want to ask you the opposite question and say, what, what, what liberties do you think you have? What, what freedom does it give you as a, a comedian being, being a Christian? Yeah, that's it. You know, it, it, that's the way to look at it. It's, some people go into it and say, well, you know, you can't say this or you, you're, you're held like that. But it's like how we um, engage with the world. What, you know, parkour is like mm. a philosophy of how we engage with the environment, which, you know, like it was where the people run and see it instead of seeing it like a barrier to some steps as, as something that you just stop at, but actually something you can, you can jump on and jump around and all that. And I think that's part of the, the liberty of comedy is that, you know, you play with language, you play with norms. And and actually, part of my freedom as a jester is that I I go beyond between contexts. I work within the the, the church context. I'll, I'll partner with the church and churches and festivals and and in the corporate environment and companies and and all that. You know, the nightclub, late night comedy club environment, and from cruises to hotels to all that. So there's all sorts of norms, all sorts of protocols that 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 in a sense demand a certain response however the response isn't just well i just need to say what this structure needs wants me to say but actually there's a freedom to really explore and that's what i love about comedy it's a it's it's a celebration but it's also an exploration 
so say for instance in a church environment i might push the envelope and just look at what are those hidden structures what are those hidden norms mm. things that we've taken for granted for years why is this here why do we do this like this and then i'll go to a comedy club and i might push the environment in a different way and you know i i, I I've had people in comedy clubs go, we loved that, you know, and, and just say, and they're really refreshed by the fact that I'm, you know, I don't swear, I don't do sort of rude stuff, and they'll just, they'll just appreciate a sort of different spirit that I'll bring to that. I'll go into certain contexts where people say you really challenged the culture in a, in a, in an interesting way, and, and that, that, that's the freedom. But I think on a deeper level, Wayne, right? For me, freedom isn't the ability to do what we want it, it's acting out of who we are mm. and for me there's a sense of true liberty that comes from my identity in god i am loved by god the father and out of that i you know the ego can run riot in in all sorts of areas of life but when it comes to comedy because it's the performance world the ego can sometimes be inflated quite a lot, but also can be deflated quite a lot by a, a harsher environment. But there's a deeper freedom where I say I'm loved. And it doesn't matter whether I do, whether a gig goes great or doesn't go great. What happens, what doesn't happen, I'm, you know, I, I am loved and I'm accepted. And for me, that's a deep truth that gives me that gives me that freedom. You obviously do different material, some different material when you playing to a group of Baptist leaders <laughs> you are tonight, yes. or whether you're in a comedy club. You've got to aim it slightly differently. Is there some material that you use everywhere you go that you say, this yeah. works in every context? Yeah, there are. There are what I like to almost call ubiquitous jokes like it's like um if you do football manager you know you like the computer game you go you get there's a couple of players that can play anywhere and they can play any game and then you know i've got like a, a few people in the squad i'll bring and they've been with me for a few years now yeah. you know some yeah. good old boys and i have a few of those that are non-contextual jokes that, that flow with me so uh, but i might i might it's interesting i might lead into it in a different way so for yeah. instance i've got um uh, a, a joke that I did tonight where so I was, uh, tonight was the Northwest Baptist Association Ministers Conference so I talked about Southern Baptists and what and uh, in America meeting a Southern Baptist who said who said to me hey buddy are you pro-gay and I was like I'm not even amateur gay right? now that joke I'll use in a comedy club but I'll maybe I'll say I was at a gig and someone and I'll just say someone from Alabama said to me you know so I, I'll, I'll slightly the, the, the ramp up to it but the joke is the same and so there are there are jokes that are like break glass in case of emergency <laughs> jokes you know however however hard the environment but also equally I've got the the jokes that I do that are um, in the industry they're called bankers you know this yeah. joke is just your banker joke that's your you know these ones are always smash wherever you go and there but the, there is always the singing feeling when if you're at a gig you know event that might be really tough if you're at some kind of a corporate event where you've got to really work and, and you do your banker and then it doesn't get the the the, the raucous yeah. laugh in order you're like ah okay crap, then you know you're in to, trouble and like, i'm giving you my gold here i'm giving yeah. you my top stuff and you're like right i'm gonna have to dig deep tonight <laughs> Tony, you're a gift to the church, and uh, it's fabulous to meet you, and you're a gift to Manchester. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Appreciate that, Wayne. Thank you. That's Tony Vino, comedian, Christian, wise man, 
and our guest on the Faith in Manchester podcast. Great to meet him. I'm Wayne Clark. I'm your host on this Faith in Manchester podcast. That brings us uh, pretty much to the end of today's episode. By the way, if you haven't heard the previous episode of this podcast, then do have a listen to that. On that, I speak to Victoria Armstrong, who's the chief exec of the Oasis Centre in Gorton. Uh, she set up the Oasis Centre uh, pretty much from nothing about uh, 15 years ago or so. And that centre works to reach out to the, the poorest and most forgotten people of our city and does a fabulous job and has won lots of awards along the way. It's a moving and profound story that she has to tell. So do have a listen to that. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Coming soon on the Faith in Manchester podcast, uh, I'm going to be speaking to the singer Dana, who's a, a very sincere Christian, who's coming to Manchester to speak out and to open the Christian Resources Exhibition, CRE North, which is coming back to Manchester for the first time for many years. As well as speaking to Dana, I'm hoping to catch up with some other people who will be there and exhibiting at the exhibition as well so uh, should be back with you before too long on the faith in manchester podcast but for now my thanks to tony vino again and my thanks to you for listening for now it's goodbye